There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Property. I'm Glenn James, and you're joined also by John Pigeon. Hey, John. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. Now, I want to get straight into this today. Short, little, snappy episode. People can go back and look at this if they're new to the podcast, or you know, you might want to know what a conveyancer is. So, we're talking about conveyancing today. Uh, we can't do this podcast without uh, Sean and the team at Wellman Finance. So, thank you to Sean and the team at Wellman Finance. We are pro-mortgage broker because we believe they give you the most uh, chance of choice mm. and also help you do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to finding the right lender for you and working in your interests because they've got a panel of lenders and banks that they can use and they'll walk you through your options and empower you to make the right educated decision. Yeah, educated is a good word. They they should be educating you along that journey as to- why they're choosing a short list of products for you and uh, help you through that. So head to wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. Reach out to Sean and the team. They can help people in uh, Melbourne, South Australia, or anywhere else in Australia, really. So there you have it. Now, conveyancing, I guess it's... I just kind of popped up Wikipedia because it's the source (laughs) of all goodness. Reliable. In law, conveyancing is the transfer of legal title of real property from one person to another or the granting of an encumbrance such as a mortgage or a lien. A typical conveyancing transaction has two major phases, the exchange of contracts and completion or settlement. So I guess a lot of people, they hear the word conveyancer and I guess this is maybe more of a, uh, a basic entry-level property subject mm. uh, and we want to cover all bases with this podcast. When would a conveyancer, John, be introduced into our world and do we have to find one ourselves? As a, as a buyer, you yes. essentially do need to find one yourself. Uh, usually going down the process, you, you first of all, you're looking at, okay, what can I lend from the banks? What deposits have I got? Speaking to a broker, this is how much I can lend. These are my purchase price. This is my strategy. Away I go and start looking for property. Now at that stage, you might start to research, okay, if I'm putting an offer in on something and it's accepted, I need to have a conveyancer up my sleeve ready to look at the contracts. Yeah. That's their sole purpose. So you might be just shortlisting some conveyances early on in the property search process, I think. If you engage one too early, it's like, well, okay, great, but ring me when you've found found a property. That's so, right. And I think if you were going to look for your own conveyancer, you would be like, hey, have you got capacity in the next three to six months or whatever it is? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. I think generally speaking that the good ones I've found will um, will run a pretty efficient ship and, and fit you in as you need to based on the timeframes of the property purchase. So basically, in terms of the property, I guess, timeline, if you go to a real estate agent and you say, hey, 
well, first, you want to go to, you know, say a mortgage broker or Wellman and the team at Wellman Finance, get your pre-approval nailed. Yeah. Then you can go and put some serious offers in. Yes. And you could always ask your mortgage broker or Welly uh, from Wellman Finance um, who they recommend as a conveyancer because at least you don't have to really look and there's someone that they worked with. Yeah. Uh, so we know that, you know, they have some confidence. That's right. So you go, you go to the real estate agent, hey, I want to buy this property. Then the offer gets accepted. At that point, the agent will ask you to put down a small holding deposit, which might only be a couple of grand, mm. right? What is it? 0.25? Yep. 0.25%. And then at that point, they will instruct the vendor solicitors to send the contract or the real estate agent might have a copy of the contract anyway. Yep. yep over to your conveyancer. That's right. You may also choose if you've already talked with the conveyancer or talked with your mortgage broker to say to the real estate agent, hey, I don't even want to sign that 0.25. I want to get my conveyancer to run their eyes over it. Yeah, that's right. So I think if we go back a step and we're, we're looking for our property, we've shortlisted maybe five properties that we like. We've put out five offers. Now, on those offers, if we're talking existing property for the moment, we'd be putting out offers subject to either finance or, or a suitable buildable, a building and pest inspection. I think you you want to have one or both in the offer so you've got a bit of a get-out clause. But uh, essentially, you'd be asking for a copy of the contract before you put that offer in. Yes. So you can get a Section 32, which is essentially the contract, get that sent to you, flick that over to your conveyancer to have on standby and when you submit your offer so that he or she is ready to go on your behalf. Yeah, and that's interesting because a lot of open homes that you might go to, there might be a pile of contracts there anyway, copies of the contract. Yeah, that's right. And 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 that's for existing purchase, right? When you're talking, and I wanted to go into a bit of detail about buying at auction but also off the plan. And we can use my property as an example off the plan. Yes. And I can talk through that process personally. Yeah. But I guess before we just dig deeper into that, there are risks of not having a conveyancer basically. And that risk is you don't read property contracts every day of the week. Yeah. So with due respect, and I'm talking to me, with due respect, Glenn, you've got no freaking idea what <laughs> you're looking at. So that's for me is one thing that is a non-negotiable in my life and I would recommend it should be a non-negotiable in every property investor's life as well. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely a non-negotiable. It's not even discussed as to whether you should or shouldn't. Yeah. It's just a part of your process that you would do. And in terms of costs, like I, I can't speak to and I don't want to tell conveyances how much they should or shouldn't charge, but I know maybe top end might be a couple of grand depending yeah. on the complexities. Yeah, generally speaking in most uh, states, it's probably around about that $1,000 depending, again, as you said, on the complexity of the contracts, it might be up to 2000 But yeah, generally 1000 is probably about your standard and they need to be state-based. So they've got to be registered in that state, don't they? So you yeah. make sure that if you're buying into state that you need to find someone out. Someone in my corner as a as a client, we, we have 10 questions for the conveyancer to, to choose the right conveyancer. So they've done their due diligence and they know. But often, as you mentioned, the mortgage broker might know someone in that state or the real estate agent. Independently, you try and stay away from who the real estate agent might have recommended in mm. my mind. But uh, yeah, totally up to you and, and, a, and a gut feel. And I think what the conveyancer is looking at, they're double-checking 
everything in the contract so that your details are correct on the contract, for example. So it's your full name, like your spelling's correct, just basic stuff that's going to go on the land title. They work with looking at, for example, the settlement and the dates that are involved. Yes. So just making sure all that's lined up. Any weird conditions. So if you've negotiated with the real estate agent and the vendor, like, oh, yeah, we'll do an eight-week settlement or something like that. Well, we just want to make sure any special conditions that we've discussed is actually formalized and put into the contract. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And then, look, traditionally, generally speaking, I suppose, you walk through the home um, or or see the photos online and you generally see all the nice bits and, and it's all presented very, very well. And then you walk back out and say, yeah, I'm going to buy that or put in an offer. You, you might not see what's what's hiding, right? And that's where obviously your building and pest inspection comes in. But things like um, easements, right? So that's where your conveyancer will, will pick the contractor pieces and say, look, Glenn, you're aware that there's an easement running through the back of the block that you, you didn't walk out to see. Okay, that's going to impact you building a granny flat on it, for example. So, And for those who are maybe new to the property world, is that like a, a public waterway or something like that? It's very, very similar to a public waterway. So basically council need access to that easement when they need to. Now, they might not need it for 100 years, but mm. essentially you're not allowed to build over it. And And similarly, like if there was a flood, there could be, you know, I don't know, going beyond the scope of what I know, but, you know, if you bought a one acre block... Yeah. The back half might not be able to be built on. Yeah, that's right. So things like um, maybe your bushfire zones or your your flood zones and things like that, a good conveyancer will have a look at that and understand real estate in their area because they've been doing it for, for some time. And, and they will also run reports like, I know particularly in our area, John, when I bought this, well, all the, like the two properties I have in this area, because we are on top of coal seam, there's stuff in the local council that you need to be aware of yep. that, you know, you could be on top of a coal mine one day. Soil like all types and yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it is, you know, they will think about all the stuff that when you've chosen a house that you're not thinking about and no. they'll raise red flags. And sometimes the red flag is, Hey, the council are saying once every hundred years, your block's going to flood. Nothing you can do about that. No. However, they might raise a red flag hey, there's a special condition here that if you buy the house, they want the facade left up or whatever for at least two years because it was grandma's house or something weird yeah. like that. Yeah, that's right. And it could be like, well, okay, that's a red flag. Let's try and address that Yeah. and negotiate with the vendor to come to an agreement Yes. to finalize the contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the, the process should be you engage your conveyancer send them a copy of the contract and then you should have a formalized meeting appointment over the phone or normally not in person, over the phone's fine, for them to start at the front of the contract and finish at the back, not read every page but just simply for them to have already seen it and say, right, these are the 10 things that I picked up that you need to be aware of. These are the positives, these are the negatives or things to be aware of uh, and then the client can act on their own behalf as to what they want to do, whether they um, ask for a reduction in price or they just factor it in if they're going to do renos or extensions and things like Mm. that. So if we peel back the onion, first question someone might ask, should I get a lawyer as opposed to a conveyancer? Because the conveyancing 
team, it is almost like a discipline within the law world. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're doing it every day. They're that's all they do essentially in a lot of cases uh, at a lot of firms. So I'd be just going straight to a conveyancer. Uh, a lawyer essentially covers across an, a range of of disciplines within the the law firm, I suppose. So, and you're probably going to pay more for their service that you may not need. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason why you might pay more is like, yes, a lawyer, any lawyer is good at reading and looking at contracts. Yeah. So if you go to a law firm and they don't do conveyancing at all, and you get one of the lawyers to read the contract, they'll just go, yep, it was four hours worth of work for us, mm. $1,600. That's the fee that yeah. our lawyer charged yeah. and perfectly awesome job. Yeah. However, it could just be a, if you go to a conveyancer who does it every day, they've got the systems, got the processes, they're like, yeah, flat fee, $1,100 or yeah, something like that. Yeah. And they know it'll take them half the time because they see hundreds of them. And they, yeah. yeah. And I guess for me personally, and it's just really advantageous for the situation I'm in, hmm. the law firm that I use for all my business stuff, my personal stuff, they've got a conveyancing department. Yeah. So it's like I pay conveyancing rates, but the good thing is, you know, if there is anything curly, yes. that goes beyond the scope of the conveyancer, which very rare because she's so yeah. switched on, yeah. they can go over to say the commercial law team and That's say, right. what do you think about this? So, and I think any good conveyancer, if they do have a problem that's beyond them, yeah. I would expect as a professional, they would be getting some clarity in the background anyway. For sure. From their own technical services. Yeah, for sure. So obviously this was the example of buying a an existing home that's on on the market, private treaty, not going to auction, right? So when we're going to auction, it's a very different ballgame. Mm. The auction date's set for next Saturday the contracts have been ready prior to that auction day. If you rock up on day of auction and buy the property, you have not had a chance to look over the contract. You're signing something that, that no one's looked at basically. So if you're going to buy at auction and you can see that the auction's in three weeks' time, your conveyance and need to have had a good look at it. And if you want to make changes, make them before auction day. You can't just rock up to an auction and say, yeah, I've just noticed this. We need to change it. No, sorry, too late. So the the risk with this is a couple of things. The risk going to auction is you don't get the property because you get outbid or there's not enough bidders or it doesn't meet the reserve or yes. you pay too much or whatever. So there's a risk there. The risk with the auction and the conveyancer, I would say some conveyancers would say, you know, we'll do it at no cost mm. as long as, you know, we get, you know, you get one property or the other side. And if I was a small business owner, I wouldn't do that because yeah. I don't work for free. Yeah. But you might have to pay a conveyancer $1,000 mm. to look at the contracts before the auction. And if you don't get that property, that pest and building and that uh, conveyancing fee, you've had to absorb that upfront without getting that property. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it is. And, and I think... It's a cost of doing business in mm. that respect. You, it's just something you've got to do. But um, it, it, it goes back like if you don't have, say, I'll just wild number. If you don't have $2,000 to pay for a conveyancer in a pest and building before the auction to seriously look at buying a house, yeah. you're not ready. Totally. Yeah. Now, do you want a story? Please. There was an incident earlier in the year where a person bought a property. Mm-hmm. In Sydney. Oh, I was going to say, it's not me, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
let's call it over three million dollars. Yep. The conveyancer skimmed across the the contract. They purchased it, and they've gone to to put in applications to do renovations, which they're intending to do, and that's why they bought the property. And there was something in the contract that was talking heritage and a few bits and pieces that the conveyancer didn't pick up. So their client is left there with a house that they can't do renovations on that defeat the purpose of now buying it. So I now want to sell it. Fast forward four months, they've got it on the market. They're probably going to take a $300,000 hit plus damages. So call it 400,000. So what's the moral of the moral of the story is as an owner or a potential owner, you need to do your research as to who you choose as a conveyancer, but then make sure that they've looked through the the contract in detail. So that's why that that phone appointment is is critical, not just a straight email, yeah, I've read it and these are my points. That conversation two-way to make sure mm. that they've covered all things. I mean, obviously that's a wild story. It is. And I don't want to hang out every conveyancer no. to dry. But I guess my comments on that, it's kind of two ways. It's like, firstly, it could have been an incompetent conveyancer if, for example, they were told by the client, we want to renovate, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So, the, okay, well, this person wants to renovate or not. Because the contract could have been perfect and the conveyancer did their job, quote, unquote, tick. And the, Yes. However, I think the responsibility on the purchaser, yes, I want to buy this and tell the conveyancer, look, we have these intentions we just want to make sure that we can put a granny flat on it with the local council or we can That's right. renovate. Mm. So, it, it again, we don't know the story, but it just goes to show mm. you have to just, if in doubt, stop. And Yeah. yeah you, I don't know. You, you, the client needs to take full responsibility for mm. A, choosing the conveyancer if they were incompetent or B, not telling the conveyancer that they wanted to do those extensions. Mm. So, comes back to, again, it, um, taking control of it and be involved in the process and go through it. Now, as I said, it, it is um, not an exaggerated story. It's actually a true story, but you, you're probably not going to be buying $3 million properties every day of the week, but it's the equivalent. Like you wouldn't want to go and buy a $400,000 home where you're potentially thinking about doing a renovate, uh, renovation or subdivision, whatever, only to find that you can't do anything mm. and you're now just left with the house. Yeah, so... That's a story about conveyancing. Auctions we've covered. Let's talk about off the plan. Yeah. So two years ago in 2018, I engaged an off the plan purchase. I think it completes next year. And I went to my conveyancer and she'd done the existing properties that I have. So, you know, switched on individuals. Yes. She's been doing it for 30, 40 years. Like just there's like when you talk to this lady, I can... Feel the confidence. Yes. Like I've very rare. Have you met Linda? Yeah. Like yeah, she's done mine. And shout out to Linda Gulliver. I'm just going to say it. Linda yeah. Gulliver, Aubrey Brown Lawyers, Tugra, New South Wales Central Coast. <laughs> two she, two six one. Two two. Like I, if you need a bloody conveyance, and I've referred mm. like Kate, who we had on my Millennial Money, did a big um, reno or a big purchase of some real estate, and it was yep. complex. I sent it over to Linda. She ate it. Sorted it. Yeah. She's so good. I sat down with uh, them and she works within the larger law firm and she said, yep, we'll um, get the contracts. So they got the contracts from the vendor solicitor 
And she, she rang me. She said, these are the biggest contracts I've ever seen. They were, you know, like a ream of A4 paper, basically two reams full really? bounded. Wow. Bound. Yeah. Huge. And she said, look, it's huge. And there was a couple of things that she said, yeah, we're going to go back and clarify this. And so basically what the conveyancer does goes back and forth with the other yep. law team just to get clarity on things. Yeah. And it could be like the, the agreement says, oh, the sunset clause is this. And we go, well, that's not reasonable. So we try and push, you yeah. know, and it, it, the conveyancer tries to get the most favorable outcome. Now, in terms of practical example, because off the plan could take two or three years to complete, I had to, I basically paid them. I forget what it was. It might have been 1500 bucks. Yep. They go, look, just pay us now. And, you know, that's done the initial thing before uh, the exchange and yeah. settlement, whatever they, what do they call it? Exchange. Yeah. Settlement. Settled. Yeah. yeah. Contracts are settled. So the good thing about a conveyancer in this process, and particularly a good conveyancer, Linda then was in, she's got her all her dates. So she said, okay, because it's off the plan, you've got to pay the stamp duty mm. and you've got to pay it by this date, transfer it into this bank account, send us and we'll chase up to make sure it's been done. Yep. So I think a good conveyancer will really instill their confidence in the process. And then along the way, I'm getting an air conditioning bulkhead installed into yes. the second room um, and they've sent an updated deed. So she's been the contact on that. I've had a call out of the blue from her before to say, hey, I've just chased up the builder. They've been delayed. Yep. So she's actually working in the background. Yeah. And it's just mm. been fantastic. And Yeah. And I think with the off the plan, the, the massive difference with that type of purchase is you're signing a contract before you've got finance approval, right? So you would have signed that contract. She would have gone through the pros and cons of it, understanding you haven't got finance yet. They've got a a variation to the things that they can complete um, at the end of it, knowing that it might be two years down the track, mm. potentially three years. So you need a really strong conveyancer in your corner for that type and of purchase. How's this? I don't know if I told you, but um, in the contract, it says there's the right for the builder off the plan to change the floor plan by up to a certain percentage. So yeah, it's usually 5%. So it is yeah. 5%. She tried to get two and a half, but yeah. they wouldn't do it. But anyway... I heard rumors that they might have been changing one of the balconies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called her and said, oh, can you just check? Because actually I called them. Yeah. And I think three levels on one side, the council knocked back the sides of the balcony. Ah, uh, right. Which is yeah. weird. Yeah. Anyway, but she said, look, yeah, I've chatted to them. I've got the details. They've reworked the thing. They've actually extended the floor plan inside to give right. you more space or something like that. Yeah, so she okay. said it actually works out better. Mm. And she goes, and weirdly, your allocation to contribute to strata fees is actually less than it once was as well. Right. So all this to say, she's onto it. And yeah. if you're doing off the plan, you really, really want to make sure that you've got a very experienced conveyancer who's done totally. construction stuff. Yeah, and that that's the key question to the conveyancer if you're going with something like that. It's it's not the norm. It's it's normal, but it's not the most consistent type of purchase. So ask them if they've dealt with it more often than not. And and then the other one, I suppose, is the house and land where mm. there's actually two separate contra- uh, contracts. Yeah, you've got the build yeah. and the land. So generally speaking, the conveyancer will look over the land contract for you, which is the most important one because that's what you're actually purchasing to begin with. So they'll look over that. Now, the, the 
the good conveyances will generally take a look over the bill contract for you um, as well to just put their five cents worth and, in. Okay, this is uncharted territory for me. So the build contract, is that the contract that actually basically says we'll build this house for you with this inclusion, yes. this is what you've agreed to, agreed to, here's the contract for what our discussions were in the sales room. Correct. Build time frames, will, all those sort yeah, of things. Okay. So yeah. conveyancer will do that as well. Yeah. Because Carly, uh, my cousin, she's looking at doing all she this is. stuff. Yes. I think she just talked to you all mm. about to. Um, it messages me every 10 minutes. But, yeah. Um, I just like, talk to John, don't talk to me. <laughs> so she can, once she agrees on whatever mm. with the builder, because it's, it's going to be a knockdown rebuild, so you could yeah. use a conveyancer to double check the contract. Yeah, well, that's, um, that'll be a standard HIA contract. Yes. So the HIA is a little bit more, I suppose, watertight in a sense mm. where they have to have a certain standard type of contract there. But in Carly's case, she already owns the land. Mm. So it's obviously just the build contract. But you would still recommend a conveyance at a totally. look at a contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything that says contract and you need to, to sign, yeah. pay someone for My sure. My lawyer said to me once, he's like, don't ever sign anything without me having a look at it for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, long story short across this whole episode is is get a good person in your corner, but take the lead on it. Don't just sit back and, and not question anything. Yeah, question um, everything. Yeah, get out there and understand it. I think it's all, like a healthy level of skepticism really can bring out the inquisitive side of you. Yeah, well, it just uh, you learn more. Like mm. people will tell you stuff if you ask a question. But if totally. you sit there and do nothing, you'll get... And be clear with your property goals from your story. Mm. Just be very clear. These are my intentions with the property. I just want to double check. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. We might leave it there. Yeah. Thanks to Wellman and the team at Wellman Finance for helping us with My Millennium Property. And we'd love to continue this discussion in the, uh, the My Millennium Money Facebook group. For sure. Thanks so much for listening today. And we'll catch you soon. Bye. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property, education, and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor. This online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 